Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happening. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happening. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happening. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballas, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes. That that seems to be the decision. All down mode. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be at least my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the north side towing of St. John's Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another edition of Horsepower Happenings, a beautiful Monday night, and can you believe it? We're talking champions. We're talking end-of-the-year shows. It is September 11th, by the way. Happy Patriots Day. Uh, never forget, remember where you were, uh, as, as we all uh, probably do. Good show for you lined up tonight. First, let's get into it in a Motor City Minute. NASCAR Kansas on Sunday, the NASCAR Cup Series. Tyler Reddick, how about that? Going back to victory lane in the NASCAR Cup Series, 23-11 in victory lane uh, for the first time in quite some time. And I do believe, Rich, was that Tyler's first win with 23-11? First win since leaving RCR? I don't know that for sure, uh, but we haven't talked about him in quite some time. NASCAR Xfinity Series on Saturday, fresh off the announcement that he'll go back to the Cup Series in 2024. John Hunter Nemechek to victory lane Saturday with the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And then for the trucks on Friday, Christian Eckes goes to victory lane in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. 53rd Annual World 100, Saturday at Eldora Speedway. Hudson O'Neill outduels JD to grab the $56,000 payday that awaited at the end of the Dirt Car UMP Late Model feature that night. The other thing, RTJ meet Juan Pablo Montoya. If you haven't seen the video yet, find it online. Ricky Thornton Jr. came oh so close to mowing over a safety truck. He managed to turn the car hard left. And, Rich, I don't know how you do this, but he slapped the back of the truck with the spoiler. The only problem is he broke the taillight. No physical damage to the truck. Somehow that spoiler cap caught the taillight and shattered it. Uh, but otherwise, uh, everything worked out okay at the World 100. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. And, sir, let's do a little Patriots Day uh, quiz before we get started. Do you remember where you were? Uh, some 22 years ago. Yeah, I sure do. I was in my office at work, and I, w I was down at, at my desk in my office, and they had a TV in the front office, and they said, um, Rich, you need to come down here and see this. And before we knew it, we had everybody in the office gathered around a TV for three or four hours. Not a whole lot of work got done that day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. I know that you uh, feel securely about your age uh, on this planet, but uh, I'm going to make it worse for you, okay? Okay. Because I do remember where I was, uh, but every time I tell people that I remember where I was, they get really offended. 
first grade. <laughs> Mrs. Parker's first grade class. Oh, right. I, I that right. You did get that right. Man, man, I knew, I knew, I knew it had to have been elementary school. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I remember Mrs. Parker left the classroom to go down to the student lounge to, or the uh, student lounge, the uh, the uh, faculty lounge to see what was going on and. Uh, then I remember when I got home, I was upset because none of my cartoons were on because every station that we had was all about the news uh, of what was going on. Uh, and then uh, shortly thereafter, my dad became a volunteer firefighter uh, because of that. So, um, yeah, what a day. What a day. Well, let's get into it, Rich. Uh, what a weekend. A uh, kind of finale of sorts for you and I on the same day in separate places. Talk about what you had Saturday. Yeah, I, I thought it was usually usually by the time Flat Rock's done, you, usually we find a some place to be together. Yeah. Well, that didn't work out this week at no, all. Sure didn't. You, you were you were out at Hartford with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, and uh, I took the challenge. I stayed on the pavement like most people thought I would. Uh, I went up to Birch Run Speedway for the big one, and um, man, there were some good race cars up there. It started out pretty disappointing. We had Katie Hettinger come back right. Uh, she made the trip back up. She was in that other TK racing Van Dorn racing development, uh, 171 and, uh, first time out for practice, popped the engine on it. They couldn't get, find another engine close enough or to get it changed. So Katie was done for the day, but man, she was awful nice enough to hang around. Uh, she talked to me, we did an interview, kind of hung around for autographs. So she got to spend, she, she didn't take off you know, like you would think a lot of people would do. She kind of hung around and talked to a lot of people, met a lot of kids uh, and signed a lot of autographs and stuff. So that was real cool uh, with Katie. But once we got the racing going, Zach, um, man, they qualified and, and you know, you, you kind of thought that it was going to be the, you know, Chase Berta, Kyle Crump show, just the way, you know, things have been there at Birch Run. Kyle Crump, he did his part. Uh, fast qualifier chase not so much chase i believe qualified 12th uh was very disappointed in the driver uh driver was going to beat himself up over that and said well we just now we got work to do over 100 laps and uh kyle crump did roll a four so he had to start fourth but uh brandon varney started out on the pole and he led every one of the first 50 laps all the way to the competition caution, green, white checker, all the way to lap 50. Um, some of the drivers back in the field went down pit road. Uh, most of your leaders stayed out. And then it was the Kyle Crump show. Drove out to the front. For, he, he was uh, second at the break. He was on the inside. I, no, he was on the out. He restarted on the outside. Drove around Brandon Barney. And uh, Kyle Crump was gone stretching his lead by over three and a half seconds uh, while Chase Berto would fight his way through traffic, get to second. But by the time Chase got to second uh, inside 10 laps to go, uh, Crump still had well over three second lead. So it was, it was well intact. Kyle Crump brings it home in the big one, 100 for the Jake Seary All-Stars Tour. Yeah. What a, what a weekend. And uh, how about the weekend for Chase Berta too, right? I mean, not only, does he uh, wrap up the Triple Crown Championship at Birch Run Ridge, but uh, puts an exclamation mark on the 2023 Jeg season too? Yeah, he, he, as when he went into, he had a pretty big lead on the Jeg Championship. Um, you know, I, I had to sit. We had to say unofficially, but I think everybody in their own mind knew that he, with a second place finish, he had it pretty. He had it pretty much covered. Um, 
And then he had a 17 point lead over Kyle Crump and Ethan Snuchek going into that, going into the big one. Uh, Ethan Snuchek went out early uh, with problems on that car. And then Kyle Crump, he finished one spot behind him. So um, it was pretty evident that he had both of those covered and was going to pick up both those championships. All right, let's talk about where I was on Saturday, Rich. Uh, Hartford Speedway, Great Lakes Super Sprints uh, Tour Championship Finale. Same idea. Max Stambos had that championship wrapped up for several weeks now uh, with the uh, engine issues of Phil Gressman and, and the consistency of Max Stambaugh. But we had to make it official. 20 cars unloaded on Saturday at Hartford Speedway for the uh, final 360 race in the state of Michigan in 2023. And uh, as things started, Reese Saldana, the final qualifier on the Speedway Saturday night, set fast time, a 14.815, better than Max Stambaugh's 14.846, or Brad Lambertson's 14.879. If that gives you any indication of how tight the field was Saturday night at Hartford Speedway, the racetrack was fast, and the drivers were faster. Phil Gressman made his return to racing, got an engine put in that car two weeks ago for Crystal Motor Speedway, came back to Hartford, picked up a heat race win. Greg Dahlman, a heat race winner. And Jay Steinebach, a heat race winner on Saturday night as well at Hartford Speedway. Go to the feature, 25 laps, $2,500 to win, thanks to uh, Engine Pro and Perfect kicking in some extra money for the finale. And uh, drop of the green flag, it would be none other than Brad Lamberson, who jump out to the front, Rich, after that fantastic finish there the last time that we were at Hartford. You thought, okay, Bad Brad is just going to wax the field again, and he did just that. Opened up a massive lead over a straightaway, his advantage over second spot, Jay Steinebach, third, Mike Keegan, and uh, at the time, fourth, Kelsey Ivey. But then, in-lap traffic, Rich, disaster struck. Lamberson clipped the right rear tire of a back marker and went headlong into the turn three wall. Uh, the car kind of stood up on end, half flipping. Uh, kind of this top wing stopped the car and set it back down on the racetrack. Brad would be okay. He would go uh, for a ride back pit side in the ambulance just to get checked out. Uh, but Rich, a, a scary crash in turn three for Brad Lamberson. That was with three laps to go, and it handed the lead over to Jay Steinebach for a, a chance at his first ever Great Lakes Super Sprint Series win. The problem, Max Stambaugh, Dustin Daggett started 19th and 20th respectively on the grid, Rich, after some problems with other cars during the red flag. They would restart third and fourth for the three-lap shootout. And... Uh, I forgot to, you know, we 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 uh, we uh, were talking with some guys afterwards, and some people had some problems with their race cars not firing back off because during that red they sat there and they cooled off, Rich, uh, as the fall air came in. So there were some mechanical problems with those cars uh, for some of them who fired off. Green flag drop. Jay Steinbach said, "Thank you very much. Uh, put my name on the check now, please." But then blew it over the cushion coming off of turn number four, coming to the white flag, and Mike Keegan thought, okay, pay window is open. Tried to get to Steinbach's inside, but Rich could not pull alongside. Steinbach drove away and came to the checkered flag, picking up his first career Great Lakes Super Sprint Series win, where for the first time in my career, I was kissed in victory lane. Uh, so... <laughs> Thankfully, just on the cheek, uh, just on the cheek, because I had my wife with me, so it would have been really bad if those two had to fight uh, back pit side after the races. <laughs> uh, 
uh, really happy for Jay to get the win. Mike Keegan settled for second. Max Stambaugh uh, wrapped up his uh, double championship performance, Rich. Two championships in 2023. The Great Lakes Super Sprints North, Great Lakes Super Sprints Tour. Check this out. Stambaugh becomes the first repeat Great Lakes Super Sprint Series champion. And Smith Motorsports picks up three in a row going back to 2021 with Ryan Rule. And a total of four championships in three years with the Great Lakes Super Sprints organization. 17 places as well for the Hoosier Racing Hard Charger on Saturday night. So uh, what, a, what a showing for Stambaugh. Uh, talked to him down in victory lane, and of course uh, he was he was ecstatic with his third place finish again, and uh, picking up the double championship. Rich and um, what is what a Saturday night at Hartford Speedway. Sounds like if you can get your seat in a seventy one H ride, you want to stay there, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, they have been good uh, here over the last few weeks, a uh, few years even. So yeah, good stuff. That's awesome. Before we get into your first interview, Zach, I need to give a shout out, Andy Bozell. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. Andy Bozell in the Outlaw, in the Reveal of the Hammer, 75 lap feature event, brings home the win. Ironically, twice, two separate drivers, Brian Bergacre, Blake Childers, both had a shot at Bozell separate times during the race. Both spun themselves out running second off a of turn number four. Uh, Andy Bozell, I, guess, I don't want to say survives because he's, he drove an awesome race, a solid race, and uh, – Man, 12-time ain't done yet. Picked <laughs> up another one. I love it. I love it. So, Rich, a great way to end the 2023 season for the Great Lakes Super Sprints. And, again, put that asterisk up there because still one more event to go at Waynesfield Raceway Park on Saturday, October 7th. But uh, for the most part, the season's done for the Great Lakes Super Sprints. And what a way to end it. It's our pleasure now to bring on the driver who picked up his first career feature win with the Great Lakes Super Sprints on Saturday night at Hartford Speedway. Makes his home in Hudsonville, Michigan. Jay Steinbach, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. You know, we uh, coined the nickname for you, the Bulldozer, uh, thanks to uh, an issue that happened to you at another racetrack. But, uh, you know, now it, we could kind of say, well, as the result of somebody else's car looking like a bulldozer, Jay gets his first win. <laughs> but, of course, yeah, you made this bad. very clear. You didn't want you. We talked about this, too. Brad Lamerson was cooking on Saturday night, and that race was his. You had settled for second. And... In fact, you were so far behind, and, and you leading the rest of the field, so this is not a dig at Jay Steinbach, but you were so far behind, Brad, you didn't realize what the red was until you had rolled past the accident. Is that right? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I had lost track of Brad. You know, I tried staying with him, and, man, he has got, he's got some momentum figured out around, out around that place, and I just couldn't hang with him. You know, I thought maybe on a restart, if I got in front of him, I might be able to, you know, hold him up or something, but... I, I mean, he's got he's got a serious horse under the hood on that car, and uh, I just couldn't could not keep up with him. And then, yeah, I mean, I was coming down the back stretch and heard red, seeing the lights come on, and and uh, just in the course of slowing down past him, and uh, I thought, man, that's that's a bummer right there. I didn't know what happened, of course, at the time, but. Uh, you know, I'm just glad to hear he was okay and just a little sore from it. So let's talk about that real quick because that's one of the things that I think the average race fan would look at brad's race and go you had like a seven second lead or something like that um it was crazy how how big of a lead he had on you guys um you know so let's just call it you had half a track lead a full straightaway whatever you want to call it uh you're picking off lap traffic um you know three laps to go with that big of a lead just kind of walk the general fan through 
how something like that happens. I mean, closing rates and, and lap traffic and, you know, no spotters, no stick men to speak of in sprint car racing. Um, you know, this is this is a game where you go hard until the checkered flag waves. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're we're running as hard as we can, you know, and I've I was running my car as hard as I've ran it in a long time. And uh, you know, there's just there's there's different uh, closing rates and speed, you know, between between some of the lead lap cars and some of the lap cars, you know, and I've I've been a lap car many 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 times in my life and uh, it sounds like that's just kind of what happened to Brad. Um, you know, I had a couple close calls myself, but you know, again, you're, you're trying to get through them as, as efficiently as you can. But from my understanding, you know, he just kind of come up on a lap car and, and caught a right rear, you know, just a, just a, a racing deal, a bad deal, but, uh, you know, it happens to us, you know, we've all, we've all done it at some point. And to remember Rainy Hannigan's interview from Eldora, where he had waxed the field by like wow. eight seconds before the last caution, he said, somebody pulled up to my inside. And so I drove even harder. He didn't realize that that was a lap car that had just got to run. You guys really have no way of knowing who's around you until it's too late. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we generally have an idea of who's in front of us. You know, maybe if you see a front wing behind, you know, peek a nose or something like that. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, but, you know, we've all done it. You're you're lapping somebody or something and then all of a sudden you know wait a minute they're they're a lap down and you know you think they're racing you or something like that you know but jay i'm, I'm the kind of guy who does not believe ever um uh, and i've talked to a lot of rate we've we've talked to a lot of race car drivers over the years i don't believe in the l word you put yourself in position the best you could with your car and you can't control what happens in front of you you know? No. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, that, that was, you know, Brad, you know, I mean, I just watched the video, Brad had uh, quite a, quite a, you know, quite a big closing rate and he just, they got to the corner at the exact same time. You know, it's just unfortunate. But that's why Zach and I always say, that's why you run them all because anything can happen at any point. It could happen to the guy leading. It could happen to the guy running second or third and, you know, somebody gets their first podium finish ever because of it. Um, you had a good, you, I mean, you beat everybody else. You had a pretty darn good race car. I did. Yeah. I, you know, I've been struggling. I mean, I, I, I think I was telling Zach, I, I didn't like that car at all. Uh, you know, I couldn't wait to tear it down. I had actually told Timmy, my, my crew chief, we're ripping this car apart in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I'm starting to have second thoughts a little bit now, you know, after that, cause I, I got an issue figured out with the engine and, and that made a huge difference. Um, you know, it's just one of those nights kind of everything came together. Good. Somebody washed the car really good. And so during my pre-race walkthrough, I asked Jay, I said, is that a new car? It looks, it looks different. He goes, man, I wish it was new. Uh, I'm, I about had it with this chassis. That was the conversation that we had about four hours before Jay took his first trip to victory lane. Um, so I got to ask you now, you, you drive by the crash scene, you see, what has happened to Brad? We all know Hartford is one of the fastest tracks we go to. Everybody knows Turn 3 is kind of a bear to get through as well, if you've ever raced it or watched racing there. Talk about the um, flood and the varying emotions and thoughts that go through your mind during that almost 10-minute red flag, where, Jay, you are sitting there in your car. You've just seen the aftermath of Brad's car go by you. You've inherited the lead. Uh, you, you look at the scoreboard, right? Kind of talk about all the things that, that you are calculating and, and thinking about inside your race car. Yeah. I, you know, I, obviously I, I, you know, I was running a little warm. Um, so I, I kept the car running. So that kept me going, you know, thinking about cooling the car off for a couple minutes. But after that, 
uh, you know, a making sure Brad was okay, you know, and I could hear people cheering and stuff. So I figured he was good. Um, but you know, just sitting there, you know, all right, what do I have to do to keep myself out in front? You know, I got some really fast guys behind me, um, you know, sitting kind of where I stopped, I could see the, the scoring tower and I could see Max and Dustin were, you know, I think fourth and fifth at that point or something. And I thought, Oh crap. I said, these, you know, I, I said to myself, these guys came from the back. Yeah. By uh, the way, you know, Max do- and Dustin yeah. started 19th and 20th. Uh, so yeah, just, it, <laughs> you know, and I just, I, I said to myself, I mean, I knew, I knew I had fast guys right behind me, but I thought, Holy crap. These guys came from 19th and 20th. You know, I'm going to have to get up on my horse here a little bit. And, uh, yeah, those last three laps, I uh, I drove that car like I never have. You know, I just I, I I knew I had to stop somebody from getting up underneath me, so I kind of you know kind of ran the slider line on both ends, uh, you know, on that first lap, and then just you know try and keep her wound up a little bit. But you, we we, um, we talked yeah. too that it looked like you made a mistake in turn four. Talk about doing that right and kind of realizing, oops, <laughs> now I have to be even better uh, for the next lap and a half. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I just kind of the, the, the way I run three and four there, you know, a few years ago at the outlaw show, I got upside down. So I'm really tentative on turn three. Um, but you know, I've kind of figured out a decent, decent way through the corner and, uh, you know, yeah, I kind of, there was a little cushion there and I kind of jumped it, um, you know, and, and hooked the front end towards the wall and had to get out of the throttle for a second. And I, I remember wincing to myself going, I just gave it up, you know, and, and, uh, just drove it as hard as I could down into one. Uh, and again, you know, just try to keep the momentum up around the top side. What happens? You you come down the main straightaway. You go underneath that checkered flag. Um, do the emotions hit you right away? I mean, you've been you've been at this for such a long time, man. And um, to finally pick up a win, um, what were what was the first things you were thinking about? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, glad my wife was there with me. You know, I just uh, I I just. You know, it, it's kind of setting in today, but, you know, it was kind of surreal. Like, did I really just do that? You know, um, you know, I've been trying for so long and, and this group of guys is, you know, there's 10, 12 guys on any given night that can win, um, you know, and I, I, I try and put myself into that spot. But, um, you know, up until Saturday night, I wasn't there. So, you know, I just I had to drive my heart out. Talk about uh, what you found, too, because um, you really did. And I was talking with Tim after the race uh, about this and he goes man we were kind of what you just said we were you know kind of kicking ourselves going what in the world and tim said i know that jay can drive a sprint car um and he was talking about how he really kind of started working with you and you guys started building the 360 and running 360 stuff and to finally see you put it in victory lane um that one magic part that you guys found and changed do you i mean really is it that simple that that one part could have been holding you back all this time well, it's, you know, it, it, what it ended up being guys was the engine. I've been fighting this engine for like two years, uh, could not get over 8,200 RPM. And, and with the configuration of the engine, I need a few hundred more, two, 300 more. Um, uh, no matter what we did, we changed parts. I, I rebuilt the engine this past spring. I changed the camshaft, you know, I, I could not get it to RPM out. Um, and just on a whim last week, I thought, you know, let me, let me rip the mag out of the, the 410. You know, it's a mag that, probably hasn't been touched in 10 years, but it runs. The one in the 410 and, uh, hasn't been touched in 10 years. Yeah, probably not 10 years. Yeah. Okay. And, and I just, I thought, <laughs> you know, let me try something different. You know, I was kind of the last few shows I was, I was doing something different. You know, I, I threw one of Cody's rear ends in the car, you know, was that, was that holding it back or so, you know, just goofy stuff, you know, different brake. And, 
Um, last week I thought, you know, I told Timmy, I said, Hey, let's rip this mag out. We'll put it in the 360 and see if it runs. Uh, and I went out there and, uh, you know, hot lap qualifying and it cranked out 8,900. Uh, and, and I came back in, I said, Timmy, go grab some gears. We got to get, we got to get rid of a, a little bit of this RPM here. I said, I'm happy with it. I said, Holy hell, this thing's a rocket now. Yeah. Uh, we, we ended up changing the gears three times because it, it, you know, I went out for the heat race and I think it was like 87 or 88. And, uh, I thought, you know, I, I want to be at 85, not 9,000. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 That's not going to last very long. <laughs> no, no, that's, 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 I was asking Dustin after I said, Hey, what happened to that motor? And he said, Oh, I think it broke a cam. And I said, well, how the heck does that happen? And he goes, Oh, it has something to do with about 9,000 RPM <laughs> when I was trying to track you down. And I said, Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> well, and so, yeah, so that's right. So, Solid qualifying effort, hit the invert for qualifying, win your heat race, which we don't see a lot of, and and so I was happy for you for that, and then the redraw goes in your favor. At what point, and, and maybe it's hard to think this because Brad jumped out so early, but at what point do you think you got a shot at this? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I know I had a hot rod coming out of the, the heat race, you know, I mean, I was, you know, Dustin was right there with me, but... You know, you got guys that, you know, Dustin and, and uh, you know, Saldana and stuff like that behind you, man. I, you know, you get nervous up there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I knew coming out of the heat race, I had a pretty fast car. Um, and then when I, you know, Brad drew that one and I thought, oh, man. And then I pulled the three and I thought, you know, I can run one and two pretty <laughs> okay. low. Maybe I can sneak underneath them or something, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you just think that, but you try and not let it you know, let it take over your thoughts. You know, I just got to get in this car and, and drive and not make mistakes, you know? And, uh, so, you know, that's, I got in the car, you know, I was a little nervous starting third, you know, I mean, we all know I haven't been running very good the last few years and it's really been making me mad and I couldn't figure out why. Um, but you know, I think, uh, I think we got something figured out for sure. Kelsey Ivy started on the outside pole, which is who drew number two. So that's kind of who you had to deal with going into turns one and two great race car driver in her own respect also looking for that first career Great Lakes Super Sprint Series win. And, you know, when we talk about this, you have won in a sprint car before, but to do it with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, the Dustin Daggetts, the Greg Dalmans, the Max Stambaugh's, Mike Keegan right behind you at the line, uh, Brad Lambersons, um, is it just that much more special when you weigh the caliber of drivers that you were up against on Saturday night? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys know, you know, I, I, I have a nice rig and, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have some stuff, but, you know, I don't have the Steve Smith Motorsports and stuff like that. You know, I do what I can. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it makes it pretty sweet that, uh, you know, I was able to able to run with these guys at their own game. Although you, know? you did take um, three of Steve's tires to victory lane. Yeah, they, Michelle Smith asked me earlier in the day, she said, did Steve give you tires today? And I said, yeah. And she goes, every time we give you tires, you win something. So <laughs> I appreciate them because it, it was at least three. It might have been four of their used tires on that car that I, that I ran. <laughs> that's like, a, that's, what do they call that, Rich, when the charter team gets the win, right? You know, it's, it's, like, it's almost like the house got the win. Go ahead, Rich. What do you got? Oh, yeah, something like that. No, I was going to say. You know, Jay, we, we talk to a lot of guys that pick up their first win, and and it really happens a lot. I don't know why. I don't know if it's divine intervention, but it's like you get that first one, and it takes the cap off. Um, you got to be really looking forward to either next season and not wanting this season to end real quick, huh? 
Well, yeah, Dustin, you know, again, Dustin and I were chatting and he goes, man, at least you got six months to think about it. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't really want six months. I'm pretty motivated right now. You know, I'm, and then today I'm here and there's a race at Waynefield that we might have to go trucking for, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty confident in it right now. Yeah. You know? I asked and, and let's be clear. I asked earlier in the afternoon, what do you think about Waynesfield? Nah, I don't know. We'll probably end up tearing down after tonight. And, you He's know, going. This, cha- going. this chassis garbage. Yeah. We need to throw yeah. it away. Uh-huh. Yeah, we'll I see it. Yeah. We'll see it, Waynesfield, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, guys, it, it's weird that, you know, and, and there's something to it, you know, with the engine spinning more for RPM, it makes the car feel different and stuff. And, I mean, car, you know, I've been driving that car. It's one of Andrew Scheid's old cars. I've been driving, I don't know, two or three years, you know, we went away from it, went back to it. And Saturday night was a whole different car. And it's, I think it's all because of the engine. I mean, I had the same shocks on it, everything, just, just a completely different car. Jay, explain to fans that might be listening, um, you know, us, you know, that are around race cars all the time, you know, most people drive down the road and, you know, if they're running 300 RPMs more, it's really isn't a whole lot in, in, in a street car, kind of explain the difference um, in a sprint car and why it's so, why it makes so much difference. Uh, you know, I just, it, it, I, I guess I, I don't really know the technical terms. I know, you know, if, if we're trying to tighten them up a little bit, you know, on a slick track or something, we'll take gear away and just the way the engine is in the car and it's, it's reacting, you know, the torque is reacting on the chassis and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, just a, a totally different car. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I got out after, I think it was a heat race and I told Timmy, I said, man, this thing is a rocket. I said, we, we have something here. Now moving forward in your mind, what do you have to do now to get more? So you found, you found an issue with the car that helps you've proven to yourself that you can win. And we've had these conversations when we've been talking about, um, you know, teams that have open seats and why isn't anybody talking about Jay Steinbach? Jay Steinbach knows he can drive a sprint car, um, but just didn't have the stats to back it up. Now you've got the win. You've shown the world that you can race with these guys. Now, what does it take Jay to do it again? Uh, you know, I mean, they always say that first one is, is the hardest and, and it certainly has, you know, I don't know if you guys seen my post, you know, I, I, I honestly, I've thought about hanging it up cause I was getting so mad that I couldn't, couldn't click one off and stuff. Um, but you know, the Saturday night is just the validation for, you know, all the hard work, the late nights, you know, the three, four, five o'clock in the morning on the way home road trips and stuff like that, you know. And, and I got to ask this too, because you, you talked about having your wife there and, and Timmy being there in the 360 program, you guys are a small, tight-knit group uh, of race car drivers. Um, it's probably hard not to celebrate this without thinking about somebody who's missing, right, Jay? Absolutely. Yep. I, I made comment, you know, I, I I really, you know, they say when you're in a position like that, you forget stuff, and I forgot everything. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not He really did. I stuck a microphone I'm, in his face, and it was like, it was like Ryan Rule 2.0. This guy had about oh five words God. an answer. <laughs> I could, I could not think of anything. I was just, you know, I was dumbfounded with the whole thing. Um, but yeah, you know, Mark Stripko, he, he, him and, and the governor's engine service, you know, Stripko took me under his wing my first year when I started the motor blew up before I even got to a race and, and him and Nick Landon helped me. Uh, I learned so much from that guy. And, and unfortunately we lost him here, you know, a year and a half ago or so. Um, you know, still staying in touch with, with Jody Lynn is his daughter, but, uh, you know, that one really hurt. And then, you know, of course I lost my brother a couple of years ago, uh, in a, in a motorcycle accident, but you know, 
I wouldn't rather be anywhere else but the racetrack. And that's what I did, you know, after both of them, you know, we, we threw Mark's wing on the car and unfortunately we had a little incident with the light pole at Bristol. Insert, um, uh, insert bulldozer. Yeah. Yep. That too. Yep. Knocked the light pole down for him. I mean, that thing really, you guys, it really wasn't in good shape. So I was just trying to help him out. <laughs> just, yeah, get that thing um, out of the ground quicker. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and I just, you know, the, the group of guys, you know, I, you know, there's a couple guys that I'm pretty good friends with and, uh, you know, I, I, there's no place I would rather be, you know, especially when a race is going on than at the track with all these guys. Jake, got to ask you, man. I mean, obviously, you know, going into the off season, it's a heck of a way to go in and to hold that memory throughout the season. But uh, is it going to have an effect on maybe what you want to do or maybe how far you want to stretch your legs next year? You know, I, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously I have a lot of confidence right now and, and I remember this, you know, I've got a few wins, um, you know, the, the few days after you're motivated, like a son of a gun, uh, you know, and then I'm probably going to go out this weekend, get humbled by somebody again and, and start over. But, um, yeah, you know, I want to, I want to keep it going for as long as I can right here. What about too afterwards? This was what I always think is cool is that group that you race with. Once you're out of the car, got the fire suit stripped down, you're talking to the fans, driver after driver, coming over to shake your hand and congratulate you. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah, that that's really cool, you know, and, and I mean, most of these guys know that, you know, I've, I've put a lot of time into this, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, just like you said, driver after driver, you know, Dustin, you know, Dustin and I have talk, been talking quite a bit lately and asking him some questions and you know, it's pretty cool to see all the people come over and congratulate you. You know, I was getting messages from, from different guys today on, uh, on Facebook that I, I really respect, um, you know, fast guys that, that have run with the group and not and stuff like that. So it's really cool, you know, to see the comments, you know, Hey, people don't realize how hard it is to win one of these things and, and good job. You did it. You know, you had, you had put some time into it and you did it. So it's pretty cool seeing those kind of messages come from the guys and it just keeps you motivated to keep, keep trying to get better. Well, I got to tell you, um, you know, I had my wife with me on Saturday and when we walked through, she got to meet your puppy, um, which of course made her day that she got to meet that little dog. And so in the booth after Brad crashed, she was really, you know, upset about that because she doesn't get to see accidents like that very often. And um, then when we went back green and I was kind of talking about your story and, talking about first career win and in so many years of trying man she was having a hard time containing her excitement for you and when we got done i said were you cheering for the guy with the puppy she goes yeah yeah i I sure was uh but also because it was his first win but yeah he had the he had the puppy so (laughs) so you made a new fan yeah he's over here he's barked a few (laughs) times he's over here tearing dog toys up and Uh, running around the house like a crazy man man so well and you know what we talked to you too i think it was during a covid year right after covid year that you guys had kind of traveled a little bit during the winter i think as as fans any consideration to load the truck and trailer up and and go see what's going on this winter I, you know, I've, I've thought about that a couple different times, you know, if I'm going, well, shoot, you know, the outlaws will pay me a couple hundred bucks a night to start, you know, to show up and, and you're not going to have many opportunities to race East Bay again. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that's certainly, you know, I ran Justin's car down there a few years ago. Um, but it's certainly, you know, that those things have certainly been a a thought of mine, you know, trying to get a little further South and, and have some fun with it and stuff, you know? That was a very Jay, po- that was uh, a very Jay. that was a very political answer, Jay. Thank you very much for that. 
Well, I'm talking to you. I know, like the microphone in my face thing. It's a privilege. <laughs> yeah, you know? and and you know, it is it is an election year, so I got to be careful. What what sort of you know? Do you want to go? Yeah, down? it's coming up soon. You know, you could go down to Florida and race in a red state, Jay. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's what you could do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Yeah. All Jay, right, I got it. Rich, Jay, I got to ask you, man. There, there's uh, you know, nobody will confuse that 10s for a graphically full race car. But I know there's a lot of people that mean a lot to you that help you out on that thing. Yeah, you know, I, I got it. You know, I forgot every single one of them uh, Saturday <laughs> night. Just, you know, uh, at a complete loss for words. But, you know, number one, I got to say, uh, you know, Engine Pro and Perfect, Big Tom down there. Um, that guy has been just outstanding. I know he helps Greg out a little bit here and there. But, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know, but I burned that motor down back the very first race of the year. Uh, I had three weeks to rebuild it completely and get down to Angler for a dyno session that I had previously wow. scheduled. Um, and I'm, I'm talking like machine work, rebalance, uh, brand new pistons, rods, cam. I mean, we did a bunch and I can't say enough about Tommy. He, he made it happen, ordered stuff, had stuff overnight and whatnot. Um, you know, like I just said, you know, Tim Angler down at Angler Machine. Um, can't say enough about that guy and his, uh, his service, you know, him and, and Tammy and those guys, those guys down there. Um, you know, you bring something down there, it doesn't matter what you have, your, your name's not sweet, but they treat you like it is, you know, um, you know, he's helped me, helped me gain some, gain some power and gain some knowledge. Give me a cell phone. I've texted him on race nights and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Steve Smith and Smith Motorsports, all those guys. Um, you know, they, they'll, they'll bring tires down and just throw them at me. Um, you know, helping me out with stuff, you know, I really don't care as long as it's not caught all the heck, you know, I'll, I'll run stuff. Um, Justin Ward, WW Oilfield, um, you know, he's given me, giving me some parts and pieces and, and help, help me out with stuff. Um, William seal coding, Danny Williams, uh, he's, he's given me some parts a few weeks ago. I, uh, had some brake problems. I kept blowing the, the caliper off and he, literally walked over and gave me a I mean used but gently used if you guys know danny um you know a titanium rotor caliper mount the whole deal said here it's yours um you know and then uh of course barry um you know barry doesn't get enough credit for all he does for all of us you know he's he's a great guy um he'll call you if you you have an issue he'll call you monday he'll you know whatever he he's just I can't say enough good about him, you know, taking care of us, looking out for us. You know, he started a series that has done nothing but grow in uh, eight or nine years that it's been around. So, um, you know, really, really appreciate him. By the way, I learned today, I talked with Anthony Boyd, the chief scorer for the Great Lakes Super Sprints, and uh, he was putting some stats together. Um, feather in your cap, uh, Jay, you won the 150th race under the Great Lakes Super Sprint Series banner. So there you go. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah, I was hoping you weren't just going to tell me that I still have the crown for the number one B-Main win. That was kind of <laughs> hurtful when I heard that one, I don't know, last winter. I think, oh, well, hey, you won the most B-Mains. And I'm like, what well, does that do? Hey, a win's a win. It gets you into the big dance. That's what it does. Come on now. I mean, it does, but I don't really <laughs> want it out there that I've won the boat most. Hey, you're the best sucky guy around. <laughs> <laughs> oh man jay it's always a pleasure to talk with you man and and you you go through that list of sponsors but uh um you know those people too those individual people that help you and come out and shake your hand and and uh you know cheer for you and and you know you just you have a lot of people i think that want to see you do really good and so uh it was awesome man i don't know oh that was the other thing i was going to ask you 
How long had you been thinking about kissing me in Victory Lane? That was what I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I've thought about that for, gosh, probably two years. But what you guys don't realize is that almost didn't happen Saturday. I haven't mentioned it yet, but, you know, pretty motivated. I get the car out yesterday. I'm cleaning it. Uh, the fuel pump was about three turns on. It's got two that hold it on. One of them was completely out, and it was about three turns from falling off. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, I I looked at that, and I went, oh, well, that almost sucked. That's, yeah, uh, no kidding. Yeah, I was cleaning it, and I hit it with water, and I'm like, wait a minute, that just moved, you know, the fuel line. <laughs> oh, my and, goodness. Uh, yeah, I'm not kidding you. I went and grabbed an Allen wrench, and I'm like, I wonder how loose that is, and it's just flopping around, and it was about three turns, and the whole fuel pump would have just fallen off. Oh, and, my of goodness. Course, Wow. When they do that, they just die with no nothing. You right. Know? Right. So yeah, that I was like, oh man, that uh, that was really really close, you know. And I've had that happen before, and uh, you know, it's just one of them things you you don't write it down every week. You you forget to check it here and there, and you know, just the vibration. I'm sure uh, loosened everything up. Yeah. Yeah, Rich. That's I amazing saw... to me. I'm still stuck on the kissing. Yeah, thing. I was gonna say, Rich. I saw the look <laughs> on your face. Max Stambaugh's hug in Victory Lane has been outdone. I got I got grabbed and kissed on the cheek. I, you know, I'm kind of. I got you know. I had some <laughs> photographers send me pictures today. I'm kind of disappointed they didn't get any pictures of that. But I the... guess next time I'll tell Jim. You know, no. hey, make sure you get this. Here's what happened, Jay. They have them. They're being sold on the black market right now, and we're gonna have to deal with it <laughs> at well, a later date. You guys know me and stickers. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> we can have it done. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, Jay. Well, hey, I'll tell you what, man. we got to let you go. Congratulations, uh-huh. dude. So cool. Uh, 150th race for the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Jay Starnabach picks up his first career Great Lakes Super Sprint Series win. Where Where is this on the list, too? I mean, because we've talked. You've won some 410 stuff. Um, mm-hmm. is, this, is this top of the list? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've won a couple 410 races with, with, you know, Stevie and Bears and all those guys. I've won a few of those. You know, I won a 360 race back at 96, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. Uh, but that wasn't a sanctioned race. But this this for sure is number one. You know, the, the guys that I would want to be in the race to beat them were in the race, you know. For sure. So, yeah, for sure. This is This is at the top, for sure. Jay, appreciate you, man. Congratulations. Good stuff. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Okay, Rich, uh, let's talk now as we uh, we wrap up with Jay Steinebach. Uh, how cool. I love first-time winners, and, and also Jay Steinebach, what a great guy, too. You ever get a chance to talk to him pit side, Rich? You know this. What a down-to-earth race car driver. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I think your wife's going to be jealous now just because you, if you ever say I'm going to lunch with Jay Steinebach, <laughs> she's going to think you're lying. <laughs> yeah, well, no, she'll know I'm being serious, but uh, she's not going to let me go. Uh, big weekend coming up, Rich. The 35th running of the Glass City 200 and a new era, new chapter of the Glass City being written. Uh, the ASA Stars National Tour has all 200 laps for the template late models. And uh, Cody Geyer, uh, who we work with, has been doing a really cool series going through the history of the Glass City and how it started, how it went through its outlaw phase, how it went to dual 100 lappers, and now... The next chapter, 200 laps with template late models at Toledo Speedway, Rich, um, kind of pulls your heart in two different ways. I know you love the Outlaws, but I know you also love the ASA Stars National Tour and the template late model racing that it brings to Toledo Speedway. Uh, talk about where you're at coming up, uh, uh, you know, where you're at mentally and where your heart's at previewing this event coming up on Saturday. 
Um, well, it's it, it's uh, it's different, right? This is the first Glass City 200 that I've been a part of that is not going to feature Outlaw Super Late models. Um, I mean, I started when it was an Outlaw Super Late Model 200 lap race. Uh, you know, Champion Racing Association wasn't involved. Uh, they they had their own event. They had a Spring 200 where they were Champion Racing Association would so up, show up with the uh, Arca Series Super Series, and they'd have a 100 lap template race and a t- and a hundred lap outlaw race, but this is going to be a little bit different, Zach. We spend uh, so much time now throughout the summer with a lot of these ASA national tour drive stars, tour drivers that now we've gotten to know them yeah. and, and they're, and they've gotten to know us. So it's, you know, it's great to be able to walk around and, and see Gio Ruggiero and bubble Pollard and, and, and some of these guys, Cole butcher and, Kyle Crump showing up on, on some of these races. You know, some of these guys we've seen here back in the state. But, uh, you know, some of the guys, we go on the road to Redbud or we go to Nashville. And, and that's when we get to see these guys. And um, it's going to be cool coming up to our area at one of my home tracks and watch how they tackle it. It's going to be pretty cool. Well, let's take a look at the uh, preliminary entry list. Now, this is a light look, and it's not a full rundown on the entry list, so don't take what we say as gospel. But And, and some of these that you're going to read off, Zach, just to let you know, are not official with ASA. They are official with Rich talked to some people, and they said they're going. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to look at this file. Now, I know you have some notes in our script, but I'm going to look at this file, uh, this lineup file that was just sent to me. And I'm going to go off this, and then we'll get to the things that you've talked about. But I think first and foremost, Rich, when we talk ASA Stars National Tour, you have to talk about the Nina Wisconsin driver, Ty Majeski, first and foremost. Well, I don't know that he was at – I don't know if he planned on it or was originally going to run for the championship, but he – has the championship with three races remaining. Yeah. And uh, he's up by 93 points. Uh, and over Cole Butcher, who who had picked up the win at the Red Bud 400. So I don't think that, that that's out of reach with three races to go. Anything can happen, especially at the three racetracks that they have coming up. Some awfully difficult racetracks uh, that things can happen, right? Uh, things can, ha- can happen to your race car. But, but can Ty Majeski pull off a truck series championship and a – inaugural ASA Stars National Tour Championship of the same year. Wow. Wow. That would be something, wouldn't it? All right. Let's look at uh, the other driver that catches my attention when I look at this uh, this file and this entry list. Uh, I'm going to go the guy who is also in the mix mathematically for the ASA Stars National Tour. He leads the Southern Super Series points, and he leads the ASA CRA Super Series points. Gio Ruggiero, the Seenock, Massachusetts driver, almost had a win at Winchester Speedway last time we saw him. We know what happened there uh, with the crash in turn four. Donnie Wilson goes on to get the win. That's still a win for Donnie Wilson Motorsports, so I'm saying that team unloads at Toledo feeling pretty good. Well, they have to. I think what everybody remembers about Gio is that win down at Hickory when he just pleasantly moved William Byron out of the way coming to the checkered flag. Uh, That's why Gio ended up in victory lane at Hickory. Uh, but he's been running solid all season long, even in the Southern Super Series, uh, in the you know ASA CRA Super Series and the National Tour events. He's been running pretty well. So, uh, seeing he's in a Donnie Wilson's Motorsports car, I think that's why you put him in the championship hunt. Uh, all-time winningest driver with the Champion Racing Association is Wyoming, Michigan's Brian Campbell, and he is no stranger to Toledo Speedway Victory Lane either, Rich. No, he loves that racetrack. He won't lie to you. He'll tell you that's one of his favorites, if not any favorite that he's ever 
ever and he loves getting down there i mean he's won the glass city 200 i believe in an outlaw late model yeah so that's coming back home for him wouldn't that be cool brian campo picking up one in an outlaw two two separate 200 lap races one in an outlaw one in an asa stars national tour event that would how do you how do you ever beat that in a career Probably not the reason they want, uh, but you can't think outlaws at Toledo without thinking Michael Simcoe, and he will be back for the Glass City 200 behind the wheel of his uh, red and black number 45 template car, Rich. Yep, I, I, and, you know, he's he's always iffy. You know, we saw him down last year at the Snowball Derby, and he just, you know, he was okay, but he just couldn't find any speed. Uh, these are the guys that you have to race at against in the Snowball Derby. I mean, a lot of these guys, these are the ones you have to beat. Yep. And, uh, you know, Michael knows Toledo probably a little more than some of them. Some of those others on the list have been testing. So it, it's not going to take them long to get up to speed. But Michael Simcoe has a lot more laps than a lot of the guys that are on that entry list. Speaking of testing, we saw the video go on social media today. Uh, Bubba Pollard, that number 26 machine, did a little testing around Toledo Speedway. Did you get a chance uh, to see that? Yeah, I did. I did see that. I thought you were going to give me a hard time and say oh, no. my my favorite drivers coming home I to figured, see me. No, I figured you were down there when he was testing and had all the inside scoop. Is I thought that he would let you know when he was going so you could meet him there. No, I think he tried to call me and my phone was busy. I think I was unavailable. <laughs> but uh, but no, we me, me and Bubba didn't touch base before he went down there and tested. But no, all serious. Uh, he's only been there twice. Um, no wins at no wins at Toledo Speedway. One of the you know, a few racetracks that Bubba Pollard goes to where he hasn't won at. Right. Uh, that would be cool. That would be another bucket list item for him to win at Toledo Speedway. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm going to, that's where I'm going to stop. Uh, obviously, Rich, there are others, right? You mentioned Cole Butcher. Jesse Love is scheduled to be there. Uh, we, I, I'm probably doing a disservice to not mention Kyle Crump, uh, who was the bridesmaid back there in 2021. Uh, Chase Berta just wrapped up that Jags Tour Championship has uh, been looking good in the super rich, but just hasn't been able to crack through uh, and, and has been continuing to do really well this year in that car. So I think you got to watch out for him. Billy Van Meter, of course. So a uh, lot of drivers still on this list who are capable of winning. How about, how about your guy, the one liner from Winchester? I know, but so he's not on my entry list, so I didn't want to bring it up, but you, did you talk to him? Is he going? In in my broken Spanish, yes. Okay, <laughs> he's going to be Andrik yes. Dimayuga. Andrik yes. Dimayuga. Yes, he's going to. Yes, he has entered. All right, we'll see. He has entered. We'll see what happens. So uh, that's good stuff. Uh, very cool. Uh, Rich, Glass City 200, and speaking of the Glass City 200, uh, you found out today a little bit about your duties for Saturday. How exciting is that? Yeah, I got it. I was in the office and 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 got a phone call this morning and. Um, Pretty cool, unexpected. I just went to office to go to work on a Monday, and, <laughs> and you know, by the time I left the office, uh, looks like I will be doing the pit road reporting for Pit Row TV, Speed Sport TV, Racing America for the broadcast. I'll be working with Ralph Shaheen and Jim Trado. Uh, I was able to work with Jim Trado for the first time last year at the All American 400. We shared pit road. Yep. Uh, at Nashville last year, so Jim and I have worked together before, and uh, so we're looking forward to it. And um, Got a lot of lot of work to get done this week, a lot of prep and some meetings to go to with them. And so it's a little bit different than what I, I've done pit road before last year at Winchester as well. So not a big deal working with you and Adam Mackey. Um, same same kind of style, but uh, just kind of a level up. So it's it's a pretty cool deal. 
and I'm really looking forward to it. And you're going to be there, too. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like I'll get a chance to uh, share the microphone with the uh, legendary and Michigan Motorsports Hall of Famer, Gary Lindahl. And so uh, that, that'll that always be a good time as well. Let's talk about some other stuff that happened over the weekend, Rich. Uh, we got some local winners uh, to discuss here on a Monday, Monday night. Yeah, not a lot of tracks were still racing, Zach, but Berlin Raceway, uh, Evan Schatko picked up the win in the 75-lap season finale for the Super Late Models uh, at Berlin. Tyler Resenga would take the 50-lap limited late model feature event, Zach. want to give a shout-out to my buddy uh, Tanner Tallarico, who runs the sportsman division there at Berlin. He didn't pick up a win, Rich, but they have been working all year long and uh, end the season with, I think, three or four consecutive top five finishes. So uh, the banana car will be uh, one to reckon with, I think, in 2024 there at Berlin. Rolling Thunder at Thunderbird Raceway. Rich Neeser took the 50-lap feature event on Friday for the Super Late Models. John McCall, how about that name? I haven't heard that one in a minute. Took the 25-lap IMCA modified feature. And then at Butler Motor Speedway on Saturday, the sixth annual, can't believe it's been six years, uh, John Reeve Memorial at Butler Motor Speedway. Trey McGranahan, just hours after announcing that he had parted ways with uh, the 27 Shelby Bilton crew, got a new ride for the remainder of the season. Trey McGranahan picked up his first career uh, sprint car feature win there at Butler Motor Speedway at the end of 25 laps. Dylan Nussbaum set the car on rails, grabbing another feature win with the UMP Modifieds on Saturday at Butler Motor Speedway. So there you go, Rich. Uh, what what a lot of fun we had uh, over the weekend. And some other people had some fun too, so that's pretty cool. Well, back to the pavement side, and uh, this gentleman picked up his third, I third, Zach, career outlaw super late model championship at the Flat Rock Speedway. Um, man, that's tough to do. Not many guys have a whole lot more than that. There's one guy that has a bunch, but uh, it, it's pretty tough in the, with the competition uh, that shows up at Flat Rock every single week. Uh, makes his home in New Boston, Michigan. Justin Schroeder, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Three championships, man. And I know sometime, you know, there were times in between there where you weren't running for a championship. So, you know, you can't really count those. But we're this one's got to feel pretty good to you. Yeah, this one was rewarding because uh, we had to work for this one. We were just not very good um, at speed at times. And other times we just uh, – struggled so at the end we tested hit on some stuff and uh it won that last race for the rain out and that worked out good for us and and what what you said we're not happy with the race car zach we we talked several times he wasn't just not happy he wasn't in on the podium coming close to winning the first part of the race talk first part of the season talk about that justin well the first two races actually were kind of our own fault we had uh pretty good okay car i mean we should have finished top five but then the uh inner pivot of the art bar fell down both times oh, uh, had to go back to the drawing board there um but we just we this is a newer car just after covid and we've we've struggled with it from we had one good race with it right out the rip and then ever since then we've just struggled and struggled so we just went to work man we uh the old man was just saying when we're there we're just we're trying stuff. You know, we didn't worry about where we were finishing, where we, you know, the car was going to over adjust, blah, blah, blah. We just went and did things to try to learn. And, uh, it was struggled times and sometimes it was rewarding and, but yeah, we hit or miss. It was not pretty by, by the first half of the year for sure. And, and pretty good to still come away with a championship in those conditions because, uh, the outlaws are not racing as much at flat rock as they have in years past. Um, so, you know, to, to have a bad night, to lose a night, 
that is more damaging, I think, than if you were running weekly uh, in that division. How do you kind of balance that? I mean, does that does that up the pressure even more to be perfect every time? Well, honestly, so we, we were in this season not really knowing if we were going to run for points. Uh, because just points racing makes it difficult. I got two kids, so racing full-time, it, it's a lot. I always tell people it, for to run these late models and do it right, it, it's a second job. Um, the amount of hours we put in the shop, I mean, people just don't know what goes into being successful and, and running you know, a car full-time. So we kind of went into it with the mindset of, of just having fun, getting back to that, because we have struggled. It's, it's really frustrating when you have a year like we did in 17, and then we go back to the next year and we're just out to lunch, you know, and really haven't hit it well since. So went there just kind of trying to have to get back to the fun side, learn the car, try to figure out what we had going on. And honestly, it was the most fun we had, even though we didn't win as much as we have before. But um, kind of went there with just like not worried about points, just kind of, you know, see what we can get out of it. And obviously, the faster you get, the more rewarding it gets. And then the points come, but uh, end up working out, get closer and closer. And we're still in it, still in it. So then the last, finally, the little man was the one that wanted to run for points. <laughs> so we just kept going because we, we, we don't like running for points. Me and my dad. We just, like I said, it does have a lot of pressure and stuff, but um, little man, when we got close, he's like, Dad, can we, well, when can we run for a championship? I said, well, we'll keep going, and then, you know, three races to go, we're, I don't know, I think we're only like 15, 20 back. It's like, okay, at this point, you know, you've got to commit now. That last weekend uh, was quite a stir, as Rich, I'm sure you was saw was well documented. Everybody with the Flat Rock Toledo staff saw um, you know, the storms come through, they flood the eastern part of the state, and Flat Rock's not able to race. Uh, indifferent about that decision, Justin, or were you prepared to race for it there that last weekend? Oh, yeah, we want to race. I mean, we don't want to. I mean, it was a great battle between the three of us. Um, I My biggest fear was, because I went there on Thursday to get tires, and I just, you know, everybody knows the track weeps water when it's a lot of water out, or a lot of rain. My biggest thing was I'm not a bottom feeder. I am like to go to the outside. So if there was weepers on the outside, then that kind of, you know, it, uh, made me to a disadvantage. So I was fine. I would, if they would reschedule it, all that, I was fine. But like everybody says, you know, if you're on one end of the stick, you want it to rain. On the other end of the stick, you want to race. So I've been on both sides of it. You know, um, ultimately, you know, the decision fell in our favor, but uh, we were ready to race either way. We were loaded up, ready to go. Justin, you had run the you had run the main event racing series somewhat and had a little bit of success there uh, several years ago when they were running. Um, all this money being thrown around, uh, reveal the hammer, outlaw super late model events, uh, you know, Owasso now, uh, you know, Birch Run. Any temptation? to go out and get your feet wet. I don't know how, if you got an outlaw late model, it's not tempting with the money that they're paying. Yeah. The biggest thing for me and is, is just, they don't run radios and that's just like, I went and I ran the CRA race this week and everything just for me is so much smoother. It got a lot of money tied up, which everybody does. Um, I like another thing I said, just we were at Dixie this past weekend. If you're on the, if you don't have radios, it's very hard to pass on the outside because you don't know the guys there until he's all the way up to your, door or tire um ultimately that's what keeps us back but i mean just between flat rock and we run a, we try to run tough car a little more next year but we ran one race this year it, it you know eight to ten races is about all i'm doing anymore just because i got kids in sports and 
they run the business. Things get hectic as it is. Um, but yeah, the money they're throwing around for that is great. I, and the car counts are rising. So, um, it's crossed our minds. I just wish they'd get on board with the radio situation. It's kind of what keeps us back. But, uh, I'm glad to see this, the outlaws coming back. Real quick, has anyone? I, I just want to ask real quick, maybe if Justin's ever got an explanation why they don't, why they aren't on board with radios uh, in that division have, or that series, um, I should say. Yeah, I, so I asked them when they first came out, and I think a lot of people think it promotes a lot of blocking or you know the spotter driving the car and stuff like that, which it, it, it can. But um, ultimately, my biggest thing is is for safety. Like at Birch Run this weekend, you come out at two, and everybody knows the tires are there, and there's a guy that commits or. You maybe misjudge it. It can be a problem. So um, that's just what I've heard. You know, no, no mirrors. That's, I'm fine with that because we main event, we never ran mirrors. So that's not a big deal. Um, but that's just what I've heard. It kind of promotes. They think it promotes better racing with no radios. Well, let's go back a ways. I mean, you, it, it's not like you never run without radios, right? You were you, you did very well in the street stock division uh, many years ago. And, you know, obviously you're always in traffic and, and no radios there. Um did you kind of get maybe spoiled a little bit when you got in the outlaw? Uh, I mean, you definitely do. But another thing is, too, street stocks versus outlaw late miles, the price difference is a lot different now. You know, like uh, you, you've you been to shock in an outlaw, you know, been to shaft. The shaft alone is 500 bucks. By the time you get it rebuilt and all that, you're looking at 700 bucks. Um, so that part of it now that I'm older and paying for stuff, you know, it, <laughs> it makes a big difference now. Um you know, looking at it that way, street stocks, you can, you can rough them up a little bit, right? Like they're more, you know, stock frames, stock lowers and stuff like that. Nowadays you, you touch somebody, you're usually bending something and it's, it's costing you quite a bit of money. Uh, that's, you know, something people don't understand. You know, you get a spindle now, it's $500 for a spindle where you can buy a, you know, a, a street stock spindle for practically nothing. So um, that's kind of the stuff there that makes the, the difference that people don't really understand. But obviously having radio to me is just, female communicate is, is a huge uh, spoiled factor for sure. Now, I was involved in a conversation this weekend on Saturday um, up at Birch Run, and uh, I'm going to share this just because I can. You said you did not feel comfortable when you took your took your Jags car up there, and, and you were really nervous. Kind of explain why. It's just a, uh, I mean, it's just a whole different game, right? Like, a lot more tech involved, a lot more rules. Um Ultimately, what boils down to is, like, this year for the Outlaw, most of the time it's me, my dad, and my little man. That's it. You know, my little man's only nine years old. He helps Jack fans, Jack Carl, whatever we can do. So when we go there, all the pressure's on me. My old man will do tires and help out, but, you know, mechanical-wise, crewing-wise, you know, stagger tires, what adjustments, all goes through me. So when we go to the JEG stuff, you got to be on point. I mean, you got 20 people, the cars there that are – on point competition stout most everybody has the same stuff um so it's just you know i want to be as competitive as can be obviously you know especially if i only go out a couple times here and there and want i got the equipment to do it you want to be up there but thankfully like this week i had a good crew i had people that knew what they were doing i i, I did i looked at my hands before the feature and i didn't even wash them yet and they weren't even <laughs> like that doesn't happen for me very much at all and it made the racing much more enjoyable. I had a ball. I had a ton of fun and really looking forward to running that series a lot more next year. Well, and that's what I was going to ask too is so uh, according to my notes, that's it. Uh, and I don't know, am I wrong? Is this your first start with Jags? 
That's my first thought with the with the crate car. Yes. Okay. Yes, we just got a crate this year. Yep. Okay. Uh, and and yeah, I was that was going to be my question too. Is so now you've done that. Uh, was it kind of a nice? Again, it is very you know it, it's very laid out. You've got tech times. You've got you know everything that you have to make sure you you accomplish. The practice sessions being on point with such a, a close field, but. Was it a nice change of pace for you over the weekend to take the template car out? Yeah, I actually, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the, um, you know, like you said, everything's laid out. You get, I mean, they, they do a great job. They text, they text me on the way there for crying out loud, as far as where my pit stalls were pitting and, and, you know, you got your tech times and they, they send you all the emails. I mean, it was very organized, which is nice. I mean, I've been to Bertram before, so I kind of knew, but if I never was, it would, lay me out exactly where the pin ent- entrance is where pit passes and stuff like that and that that helps like calm the nerves you know kind of know what's going on because like i said outlaws is there's not a lot going on right as far as rules i mean you go through there weigh yourself make sure spoiler heights are good and that's it this here is a whole different game so that kind of helps um but honestly the 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 biggest thing i noticed when i first did it i told people they're they're the horsepower is not there it's you hit the gas it's it's you feel like you're sitting there chugging trying to tell it to go right it's a lot different than an outlaw but once i got in the race it was a ton of fun because everybody's got the same horsepower so you're changing your line you're going in you're using less brake trying to charge a corner that's where i had a ton of fun and we got a lot of green flag laps in so i got to try a lot of things and by the end of the race i was like this is cool. I know I can compete here. I got, you know, one of the better cars. Um, and now I'm looking forward to, to doing it some more for sure next year. It's funny to me that you use the, uh, <clears throat> the word fun rather than frustrating, because to me, that just sounds frustrating. Like you couldn't, you know, beat your way out of a wet paper bag because somebody keeps putting a new wet paper bag over top of you because everybody's mm-hmm. right on top of each other. But putting that in the driver's hands that way, is that what made it fun for you to, to try to yeah, out drive exactly. other drivers? Yeah. Yeah, when you can change your lines up and stuff, because that's the great thing about it, like Birch Run, you know, you can run, like, a lot of, in the beginning of the race, I kind of thought we were going to go back, because every time I watched a race, the outside line wasn't that great to pass. Yeah, you could hold the guy up some if they were inside you and make it hard for them, but on the outside, we started making some passes, then we got past, you know, ourselves, and then we passed a couple more guys on the outside, and it just, it was, it first of all, it was clean racing, you know, and but it was just you can change up your line and like if that's what I enjoy about flat rock, same thing with outlaw. Like I, I I'm a, I'll go to the outside and try some things. You got to go where they're not right. Like that's the only way you're going to pass. I'm not a guy that's going to drive through you by no means uh, to try to get the position because that's just not my style. But um, that's what I really enjoyed was, you know, you could arc it in, try to get underneath them or run the high line, stuff like that. And that, that to me was what made it a ton of fun. Now let's talk about flat rock. Cause you ran a super, uh, at the combined event last year, uh, the one that Kyle Crump won, Ethan Stanuchek finished second. Um, what what was the decision? I'm, so, and, and I, if I remember correctly, you ran as a super that night. Um, di- what was the difference in going deciding to go to a crate late model this year? Um, well, we wanted to run Birch Run. Um, I've been wanting to run there, but ultimately, what happened was we took the the car to Berlin, um, and the oil pump belt fell off, and we broke that motor. So it was we got the outlaw ready and then it was debating we were talking to butch van dorn was talking to us to try to get a crate because we can run there at berlin you can run flat rock with it and then the birch run deal kind of you know i've always loved running birch run i used to run there in outlaw back in the day 
So that's kind of what led us to do that, that triple crown. We kind of got out late because we got the motor a little later. Then we got suckered into points um, <laughs> at Flat Rock. So then there was a couple races there where you, uh. you know, you couldn't overlap. So, um, but ultimately like next year, that's going to be, that's why we kind of was a little temperamental, a little, you know, not as aggressive as I normally would be in the template car this weekend because I, I didn't want to everything. The fenders are all on it. The motor's fresh, brand new. So now I don't have a whole lot to do besides upgrade some stuff, get some, you know, get ready for next year and then be ready to go come the first of the year. You think uh full jeg schedule, maybe try to try to mow down a championship there. I know you hate championship racing, but yeah. well, now I got to be careful when I say that. Wait a minute. Champion Racing Association. So you hate racing for a championship, not necessarily yeah. racing for Champion Racing Association. Uh but no, I mean, <clears throat> we've seen more CRA races up in the state uh here this year and I think that's kind of the trajectory for next year too is to is to maybe try to get some more Michigan tracks on board, see what's going on mm. in northern Indiana and Ohio. So, um, yeah, that could be a pretty enticing schedule for you, maybe. Yeah, we have to see. Um, like I said, kids are in sports. Like I, I, I'm always putting myself on the back burner. Usually it's the little man saying, hey, man, I don't want to go to my – I don't want to go to baseball today. Let's go racing. <laughs> Let's go do this. And and uh, he's now he's going to start playing some travel ball come spring. So that's going to kind of dictate how – what our schedule is. But – like for sure, I know um, there's some more talks of some other tracks that I really want to go to with that car, and you know, kind of see what it is. But I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna run uh, quite a bit more with the Jeg series for sure. It sounds like you're in the market uh, for a mini wedge here soon. If the, if the little guy is pushing you, yeah, he keeps. Yeah, I got a go kart out here. He wants me to take out, and uh, my dad made a dirt track out back of his house, and he keeps bugging me and bugging me to get that. And I told him once we finish all this <laughs> racing you wanted to do, you know, we'll get to it and. uh now it's about that time. You know, I bet you could find room in the trailer for a mini wedge with your car, Dad. I'm sure uh, you could do yeah, it. Always. Yeah. <laughs> if not, we'll find something somehow to get it there. That's for sure. Justin, I, I, I know how, how it can be sometimes. You finish the season and say, I have a car that's good. It's running good. Let's put it away. Let's make it better. But uh, I, knowing you for as long as I have, I'm surprised Winchester do, doesn't make you curious. It does. Um, I, I'll tell you, cause I'll be there. But as far as I'm, like I said, we ran more races than we planned this year. So I'm ready to be done. I got a lot of stuff to do, uh, you know, around the shop and build, still building my pole barn to get it done for the winter time. Um, but I always tell people, cause I was there asking everybody, I was asking Simcoe and Ethan if they were going, because I love to go there and help somebody and watch because it's, some of the best racing I've seen. Um, but as far as a driver, um, racing my own car, I'll probably wait till, uh, wait a few years and maybe we'll be one on the bucket list. Rich, he just said the fenders are on it. The engine's good. The tires are good. <laughs> if he pulls that car on the property at Winchester Speedway, all that goes out the window. Yeah. That's <laughs> a- <laughs> oh, no, man. no, I, I know, I know how, how he drives. And, you know, he's like you said, he doesn't run, never doesn't run over people, but you know, you can't accuse, ever accuse Justin of not being aggressive. He'll drive a car for what it's worth, and that's what it takes at Winchester to win. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be a fun place. And then after kind of driving the um, the, the Jags car this weekend, I think it's, uh, um, to me, it's not as crazy as it seemed because I remember we were watching qualifying last year, and I told Michael Simcoe to uh, just hold it wide open. Well, he did, and a couple other guys did, and it, I'm just that. That to me was just absolutely crazy. But <laughs> after driving it and kind of seeing how the horsepower is and stuff like that, 
it's not as crazy as I thought, but it's still um, in the back of your mind that it's, it's a little nuts. But like I said, we got it uh, one piece, and uh, we'll have it ready for next year. This is a question that we sometimes will throw at people, Rich, and I, I want to ask Justin this because he's talked about the family aspect of it and, and how hard it is to do things in this sport with with also raising a family. Justin, what's left on your list of things here that you, you would like to accomplish? Three championships at Flat Rock Speedway, kind of gearing up for maybe some more template racing next year with a crate car. Um, what what are some things that remain on your list that you would like to mow down here in the coming years? Uh, honestly, after running this weekend and seeing that, I'd like to, to win a, a Jags race. Um, I, I think it's very doable. Um after just seeing kind of where we were, where we stacked up and stuff. And, yeah, by the way, let me you know, let me recap this for you. And, Rich, I know you're going to, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit too, but qualified 10th, finished 11th on the lead lap. That's a pretty good debut. Yeah, it was. It was, it was exactly what we wanted, right? Like, uh, we honestly, before that competition caution at lap 50, we, we were, I looked at the lap times, we were pretty good. Uh, we were coming, we were closing on the pack. And then, um, you know, just learning the car, you know what, it's the only second time I've ever ran a Van Doren car, you know, how, how, if it's going to fall off or what. And at the end, it's just 15 laps or so. It kind of just went away from us a little bit, but we didn't get to adjust a lot on it because the first practice we had nothing but motor issues. Like we only got to shake the car down one time for 10 laps before we went, we had some wires crossed on the distributor it was my fault. I I did cross them one way and then I crossed them again the other way. So it equaled itself out and it ended up you know, costing us the whole practice, but we got everything straightened out. Then went right to like 10th in practice, which was for us. I said, if I went to 20, I'd be happy. And we went to, Oh, and then we went nineties in qualifying, which I was out, you know, super happy with. Um, and, and the car, everything mechanically wise held on. I mean, it, it was a good, very good learning day. And like I tell people, it's, totally different than an outlaw as far as driving you know i got 100 green flag laps under my belt now learned some stuff and now you know we'll be ready to go for next time talk about the difference justin which was i, w- I probably wouldn't have guessed it but i could have foreseen it coming the only caution was the competition caution at lap 50 so you didn't have a chance to pass a couple cars get a caution close the gap where 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 you were running you would have had to do it all under green flag yeah, yeah, it was, um, that was tough. It was good because, like I said, I didn't get to really, the first practice I got behind Chase Berta, very good guy to get behind to learn, right? But we were having mode problems, and then I'm like, oh, he's a, it's a lap in, and he's already a straightaway head. I can't really learn much, right? So <laughs> um, I never got around cars until the race because I kept saying, you know, really tight in through the center of one. There was the guys like, you need to keep it lower. Well, I couldn't. Well, in the race, once I start, got by myself, I started backing up the corner, doing other stuff, and then I started learning. But it's really hard to do when you don't have other cars. And, and I've been to Dixie before. Nothing the same as far as a, as a outlaw car. You know, braking points, you don't use a ton of brakes. You use a lot more brakes in these cars than you do an outlaw. So it was just a real big learning curve, you know, 300 horsepower less, Um but that's what I, we went there for to get them green flag laps were nice because I got to try different stuff and, and judge off cars and stuff like that. And that, that really went a long way. Well, Justin, uh, nonetheless, uh, a great fun weekend for you to do something a little different, stretch your legs. Um, that yellow number four though, this season got it done once again. Um, so, uh, let's, let's, uh, thank the people that we need to here because we don't get a chance. Uh, these fans don't get a chance to hear you, uh, in post-race interviews at flat rock. So who was it that made it possible for you to wrap up this championship here in 2023? 
Um, first and foremost would be my parents. They've put, uh, you know, everything into this. This is why I have what I have because they sacrificed so much when I was, uh, you know, I've been doing this since I was eight. Um, and they've been the biggest supporter by far. Um, got to make sure I get my wife, you know, off the long hours, like we talk about in the shop. Um, the kids, they put up with it. I, I set things up in the shop so the kids can be out there while I'm working on the car. So at least I'm around them talking, having fun with them. Um, Fairway Disposal, my buddy Daryl Howard, he helps me out. I really appreciate all that. And uh, I'll give a shout-out to my longtime supporter who's now retired, Dr. Cabot. He's, uh, he helped me since 2005. He's sponsored me, and he finally retired, so I'll give him a shout-out. But without them, man, they, uh, all them people, you really just – it takes a lot of people to make it go and then a lot of sacrifice time. And that's what they uh, all put up with. Well, Justin, man, congratulations. Uh, a great season here in 2023. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing you more in 2024 uh, during those JEGS races. Of course, Rich and I, with our association with CRA, uh, that'll be pretty cool to get a chance to see you run those cars more next year. Yeah, that's the plan, and I hope to see you guys there. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking you down in the winter circle. That's, my, that's really our goal uh, after this weekend. I really think we can do it. Good opportunity to talk to Justin, uh, and that's that's pretty cool too. You know, the Outlaw Championship at Flat Rock, you could hear it, right? Yeah, it's it's cool, but it did kind of get in our way a little bit of some other things we wanted to do. Now it sounds like next year, gonna do some things they want to do, stretch the legs a little bit. And you know, you don't need any more competition in that Jag Seri All Stars Tour, and now you add Justin Schroeder to the mix. Uh, those races, if he chooses to. Uh, can be very competitive. Uh, yeah. it, it's not going to be the Kyle Crump Chase Berta show anymore. You get him a few races under his belt, and Justin Schroeder, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been watching for a long time. He can beat anybody. And and look at how this Jags tour is evolving, too. You, you say the Kyle Crump Chase Berta show, and I think, what about Dan Leak? What about Ethan Stanuchek? What about Michael Simcoe? What about uh, Kevin Kremenesi, who's coming into his own? What about the Varney brothers, right? Right there's six guys uh, who could go to victory lane at the drop of a hat. Katie Hattinger decides to come home and race. Uh, you know, you get some of the guys from the south who decide that they want to come up. Uh, you get Corey Dozer uh, who decides he wants to come and play at some point. That Jegs tour could be wicked in 2024 if things, if all the cards fall right. And it seems to be coming, it seems to be becoming more popular. Yeah. You know, and and uh, because, yeah, they say, put it in my hands. The driver says mm -hmm. we all got the same car. We all, you know, we got the same shock, same equipment for the most part. Right. Every, same engine. Put it in my hands and let let put it up to the driver, because that's really what the Jake Sierra All-Stars Tour is all about. Yeah. Uh, everything is about the same. They qualify so close together. The crew chief and the driver. Right. I mean, yeah. you got to get the setup right and you got to be able to drive the thing. And then, you know. So many guys, Rich, and this has been such a huge discussion point, the super late model is getting really hard to race on a regular basis if you're not racing for ten dollars to $15,000 to win and $1,500 to start. And that's just unrealistic uh, in most, most events unless it's the ASA Stars National Tour. Um, so you got guys putting crate engines in these cars. So now you've got... It opens the door for the Dylan Stovalls, the Evan Shotkos, you know, Brian Campbell could start running yeah. with the Jags Tour again. Um, so I think 2024, if you're a Temple Late Model fan in Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio, hang on to your seats because I think it's really that we're going to have some really cool opportunities 
in 2024. Speaking of the ASA Stars National Tour, Rich, we already talked about it once. Let's talk about it again. Saturday, Toledo Speedway, 35th running in the Glass City 200. Yep, uh, championship events also, Zach, uh, for the late model sportsmen and factory stocks as well. So here's the times for everybody. Uh, if you want to go, tickets are available at the ticket office. Uh, front gates will open, open in the ticket office at 11.15 a.m. Uh, practice will also start at that time. They'll go through a rotating practice session. Uh, 2 p.m., the late model sportsmen uh, and factory stock features will go off. Following those feature events, ASA Stars Tour uh, qualifying will kick off at 3.30 Followed from that, we'll have an autograph session for the ASA Stars Tour from 4.15 to 5 o'clock. After that, uh, we'll move into driver introductions on the main straightaway at 5.10, followed at 5.30 by the green flag for the Glass City 200. It's going to be a great afternoon, Rich. Looking forward to it. Uh, believe it or not, can you believe this? I have never worked at Toledo Speedway in any capacity. Uh, I've been there in fan mode, but... This seems to be the week that I always get sick. So I've got my Germex. I've got my. I, I know. Dare. I've got my Germex. I've got my. Uh, I've got my face masks. I'm ready You're to go. To leave the house this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not to leave the house. On, house, on, for... on, on house arrest. <laughs> yeah, you're on house arrest the next four days. <laughs> it looks all systems appear to be go. Uh, four days out from the event, we'll finally get to uh, work the Glass City 200. Two years in a row, Rich, uh, during the Glass City 200 weekend. It's ridiculous. I'm happy for you. You'll, you're going to really enjoy it, I'm telling you. I'm looking forward to it, for sure. All right, other things going on this weekend, Rich. Uh, how about this? This is pretty cool. Night of Destruction at Kalamazoo Speedway. Uh, if you are looking for something to do, ticket window 11, pits at 1, pit party from 4 until 6.30, and then they'll tear some stuff up at 7 o'clock, Rich. Uh, Night of Destructions are always fun. Boy, they're opening up those ticket windows early. And and from what I read, you need to get there early, maybe tailgate uh, responsibly. But I hear that those <laughs> tickets are going – it's going to be a full house at Kalamazoo. So they're, they're trying not to get everybody in there all at once and have them lined up out down yeah. to the road. Yeah. So you can get there anytime during the afternoon, get your tickets, go back to your car, uh, and have a good time. But, uh, yeah – that's a big night for Kalamazoo Speedway. Saturday, Butler Motor Speedway, just a, a stone's throw from my front door, Rich. They have their final points night of the season. Three of the four divisions, Rich, remain undecided heading into championship night. Uh, and so it is going to be an intense night for sure. The uh, biggest gap that's still undecided, three drivers still in the hunt for the uh, MagaLift UMP Modified Division. Uh, Todd Sherman, 660, 62 points back behind Josh Lamal, who is 37 back of the former pavement racer, Robbie Henderson, who is the current points leader, heading into the final event Saturday at Butler Motor Speedway. Then the, uh, the Elite Street Stocks. They have a nice two-car battle still going on. Caleb Wilbur has the top of the board, but Glenn Heath, the longtime competitor at Butler Motor Speedway, sits 25 points back heading into the finale. And then everybody keeps their eye on the Pell's Tire Service 410 Sprint Car Division. Going into last week, Logan Easterday had a four-point advantage over Trey McGranahan. McGranahan parks it in victory lane and heads into championship night with a six-point advantage. Could we see... A rookie become a track champion at Butler Motor Speedway. Could we see a former front-wheel drive champion get turned into a sprint car champion, Rich, in less than five seasons? 
Those are all the questions that we have going into Saturday at Butler Motor Speedway. Some pretty cool storylines. What I think is cool is I think, and I've been trying to go through this in my head all day, I think Butler Motor Speedway is the last track in the state of Michigan to crown their champions. They might be. I, I don't know any other track that hasn't crowned their season champions yet or that still has their championship night coming up. Okay. I think it's taken care of. So that's a pretty cool that's a pretty cool thing down there, Butler. Yeah, so uh, this is definitely the latest that I can remember sprint cars racing into the season at Butler. So uh, Saturday, September 16th, championship night, going to be a good one. Uh, keep an eye on that Pell's Tire Service Sprint Car Division, man. Six points. That's only a couple of positions, man. That's that's blowing it off the cushion once, and uh, then you're out of the out of the championship. That's intense. Uh, and they just flipped spots this week. They just flipped so. spots this last week. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be a good one for uh, We can for go Butler. there instead if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll have a lot of fun where we're going to be as well. So uh, that'll be that'll be good. I uh, want to say thanks to uh, Jay Steinebach, and congratulations again to Jay. First career sprint car win, getting that wrapped up on Saturday. Excuse me, Great Lakes Super Sprints win, uh, getting that wrapped up on Saturday. Justin Schroeder, third championship at Flat Rock Speedway. First career Jake Ciari All-Stars Tour start, qualifies 10th finishes 11th on the lead lap. That's a good day for your debut. Uh, also, thanks to all the drivers who talked to us throughout the week, and uh, we say thanks to uh, Scott Menlin, who pays the bills, Rich France, who is my co-host. We'll talk to you same time, same place next week after a big weekend of racing right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.